Folks, welcome into another episode of Crossing Swords. I am your host, Ty B, and I'll be joined by Dwayne as we rant about the Sabres. And we have Katz in here to talk a little bit about the whole New York state of hockey right now after the big series against the Rangers over the weekend. Dwayne, we got to start it off with the, the most glaring issue right now, the Sabres win list to start the season. Um, they put up some decent numbers. Um, when you look at it, you know, back end wise, analytically, they, they did some good things, but not enough against a good veteran team. And when, you know, your, your goalies aren't going to step up and make big plays, this is exactly the situation you put yourself in, in a very, very tough mass mutual division. A mass mutual division. Yeah. Um, I think, I think if you start Olmark in that first game, you're one and one right now, personally. Hutton looked like absolute garbage. Um, I I don't care how good the guy looks in training camp. I don't care about, I think coaches overthink this whole back-to-back things. Back in the day, you know, when you guys, when you guys were just toddlers, Marty Brodeur was playing 75 games a season. You know, Dominic Hasek was playing close to 70 games a season. Like I, I I'll never agree with that whole mindset that you, you have to play both goalies and back-to-back situations. Absolutely not. Right now in a condensed schedule, you play your top dog as often as you can. And especially in series against the guy, a team like the Capitals, who honestly has just a bat as bad of a poly goaltending situation as we do. And those are the teams that you're going to have to have to hop over to mm-hmm. even get in the playoffs. Like, like them, Jersey, Pittsburgh. Some people like to say the Rangers. I kind of disagree. That's a fast young team. I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this in this division. Um, but I just don't understand it. Like, like, like you had nine months off. You're healthy. Um, you're a professional athlete, one of the best in the world at your position. That's because you're playing in the best league in the world at your position. How come you can't start the lead to start the season off in a back-to-back situation, put the best guy out there, win that first game, get your team some swagger, some confidence, and then go into that second game hot out of the gate with that swagger and go two and Oh, and then play Hutton against Philadelphia where maybe you get lucky. The guy pulls out a miracle. He, you know, blacks out and is, <laughs> some other goalie reincarnated in his place has an outstanding game. And maybe, maybe you come out, you know, three and one or four and oh, or maybe Olmark is the one that wins that one. Like it just blows my mind. Why would you start Carter Hutton this season? Like, I don't fucking get it. I don't care if he came to camp late. I don't care how great Carter Hutton looked in practice. Practice. We're going to talk about practice. Practice. My best Island Iverson in fucking well, impression. It's just I didn't like, mean to get to going this I'm much. Not done. I'm not done. Listen, I don't give a shit how good you look in practice. This is the NHL, all right? This isn't practice, all right? It's the Washington Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin. Like, you put your fucking best guys out there in a 56-game season, and you put your best foot forward, and you try and get as many points as you can right now. Fuck how good Carter Hutton has looked in practice. I do not give a flying fuck how good he looked in practice. Put your best guys in the lineup to – to give your chance the most success because EJ Raddick said it on two goalies, one Mike, and it's a cliche saying, but honestly, but it, honest to God, um, you know, sometimes your best player has to be your goaltender. And in a situation, your team, he said, your team is like a garden. And a lot of times the, the garden is submarine by your goaltender is your goaltender is good. 
you give that the team, the garden around you, the team confidence to perform better. So the, the goalie essentially has to be the water for the garden. Well, if you don't have confidence in your goalie because Carter Hutton looks like a dog, dog shit in, back, back, in, the, in the back of the net, or yeah, I mean, pucks are going to the back of the net. I'm just done. Should be I don't back the net. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I, I, I'm just, I'm just pissed off. Like I just, it's it's tough. Just like, we should at least be one and one right now. And we come out, we come out slow, uh, deflated in that first game, but we still scored four goals. We still scored four goals, even though we honestly weren't the better team on the ice in that first game. We still scored four goals. And then you fucking go, oh, and five on the power play in the second game. What happened to this great elaborate new power play? Jeff Skinner's the best fucking player on the ice, not getting, not, I only had 10 minutes that night. And yesterday's lines, I don't care if say, I mean, Sam Reinhardt's hurt, I get it. But Casey Middlestead on the first line, are you kidding me? What has that bag of shit done to deserve to be in this lineup? What has he done? Except coming and shake camp out of shape again. Why? Why are we doing? What is? Did Skinner screw Ralph's wife? I don't get it. Like, what does he have to do to get back into this lineup in the top six? Yeah, I don't get it. We need to free Jeff Skinner. The movement is going. It free started. Jeff, free Jeff Skinner. I'm starting it. His numbers were looking good. He was playing very well. He's passing the eye test. He's passing the number test. So it's got to be something that we're not seeing. Whether it's I mean, if you look at him, he's a better five-on-five player than Victor Olofsson, but Victor Olofsson's not getting the slack. So you can't say it's not because he's not doing the things defensively or as a two-way forward because the numbers prove that when he's on the ice, the things are happening the way they're supposed to be. And it's got to be something there, whether it's, you know, coach and player butting heads or something else. There's something going on that's, you know, at at the – forefront of that because like you said he's barely not not even clearing 10 minutes um of ice time if you even even if you have him in a fourth line role and you're like okay we're gonna roll four lines like you can maybe sell me on that if you're able to get some production and you're able to space everything out a little bit more evenly but that's not what's happening they're getting deployed and basically uh, a, a normal fourth line role in minutes wise, at least. So you're not, you're not doing that. So this literally makes no fucking sense when you're a team that struggles to score. Yeah, let's put your best player on the bottom line. I, I it, it makes no sense. You've been one of the best five on five players for in a league for so like m- multiple years now. Like he's an unbelievable five on five player and he's, he, he, I'm sorry. His game isn't to play defense, even though he hasn't been bad mm-hmm. defensively, he scores goals and you put him in the best position to score goals. Not with Curtis Lazar as his setter. It makes no, nothing against Curtis Lazar, but I'm sorry, dude, you're a third, fourth line guy. And, you are not a, you like, I'm like, that, that's where he is. That's his role. And he knows his role and he plays his role well. But in that second game, Jeff Skinner was the best player in this because he was putting in unbelievable individual effort. Like it's not the players around him weren't doing what needed to be done. It was him going above and beyond, making, uh, putting forth individual efforts to create scoring chances. And um, he had an unbelievable game. And instead of awarding the guy, you still keep him buried on the fourth line, and you promote Casey Middlestat to the fr- what? 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 Why? Who? <laughs> no, it, it 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 makes absolutely no sense. And when you look at this division as a whole there's not a ton of teams who are the most offensively sound. Um, you look at even what the Rangers have on the back end, very iffy. You saw what the Islanders gave up on the back end of that home to home, home and home, which we'll get cast to talk about in just a second. But 
looking at a lot of those teams, if you get out there, you score five goals, you get after them and you push on that defense, you should be able to win games. So worry about scoring rather than worrying about preventing goals because it's not fucking working. Do something, put up more goals than your opponent. Do something philosophically the same way the Bills did. Okay, running the ball, playing this old school style is not going to work when you have to beat a team like the Chiefs and Patty Mahomes. So look at this. We have to score goals. We're in a division against Alexander Ovechkin, Sidney Crosby, Artemi Panarin. And you have to fucking score to keep up with them. That's what you have to do. So do something for it. Cats. Talk to me about this. These onslaughts back and forth for both these teams, Islanders one night, Rangers the other. This division is going to be like this. It's going to be a slobber knocker. These teams are going to be absolutely beating up on each other. This, uh, we're going to, the Mass Mutual East Division is murderer's row. Look at these teams. Look at these superstars you just named Sidney Crosby, Ovechkin, um, and then down the line, down the stretch here, you know, you got the streaky Sabres. You guys are definitely due for some wins coming soon. You guys are playing really hard. And those first two games against the Caps were tough on you guys. You have to keep up with the scoring like you guys just mentioned. But this East Division is probably the toughest division in the league. There's no doubt about it. it. There's no there, – it is the toughest division. It's the, the highest – honest to God, I think the highest scoring division. I think it's got the most talent in it. And, you know, you, you're not going to – You're not going to win definitely defense. Right. I mean – Really, we just got rid of a few teams and we added the Sabres and the Bruins into the mix here, and that's your East Division. Um, it, you know, and it's really going to be a shame when it comes to playoff time because there's going to be two or three really good teams not making the playoffs this season, and nobody knows who those two teams are going to be. But right right now, the Islanders came in, into the season with a, a lot of high hopes here. You know, the last season at the Coliseum, full steam in the Belmont here, Ilya Sorokin finally on Long Island. Um, and they came out super hard and super aggressive against the Rangers, a 4 nothing win to set the tone for the rest of the season. That was not the case going into the second game on Saturday night as they literally just flip-flopped and got whitewashed 5 nothing. Um, during warm-ups, Cal Clutterbuck shooting high in warm-ups, hitting Varlama right in the jaw, had to miss the game. And Ilya Sorokin, who has not played a game in over a year, gets the nod 20 minutes before a game coming in cold as ice. You know, the guy didn't have any time to mentally prepare. Maybe he did, but he certainly was not ready. And I think Corey Schneider should have gotten the start there to get some veteran presence there. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the team did not do its justice in front of Ilya that second game. They played super flat. They were not aggressive on the puck. They were not winning those battles. And you know what? The Rangers are the youngest team in the league. And I was watching that Artemi Panarin goal, the highlight, over and over again. Artemi Panarin was skating down the ice, probably thinking, looking at Sorokin, I'm going to take full advantage of you. And what does he do? exactly that he's got one of the best shots in the league and he did exactly that on a cold goaltender mm -hmm. now the islanders are having their home opener today it's the first game at the nassau coliseum since march of last year and there'll be no fans in the arena but it's the last home opener of the season and i think it, it's a good opportunity for the islanders to put behind that loss and pick up two points against a tough bruins team um, I think they are 9-0-1 in their last 10 games against the, um, the Bruins. They haven't really had many wins at all against them, but it's great energy against the team, and I hope they just keep up that same energy from last year because there were a lot of great matchups against the Bruins last season. Um, and you know, one, one of the highlights of the season was that crazy Varlamov save across the crease, um, and it made highlight reels for, for weeks. And um, who knows if he gets to start today. I, I seriously think we should start Corey Schneider. Let's see what Corey Schneider still has left in the tank. He's been practicing with Greco and Korn, some of the best goaltending coaches in the league. Uh, let's see 
what happens today at five o'clock. So it's a nice Martin Luther King Day matinee. Gotta love it. The game's at five o'clock, and we'll see what happens moving forward. Sorry, were we talk? Were you talking about the Islanders? I got kind of bored, so I had to be. Oh, yeah. boring. No, I'm. I'm <laughs> just. I don't even have the energy <laughs> <was> to. <laughs> I don't even have the energy to like Seriously. rebuttal there anymore. Well, you got to be like, well, they won four to one the first one. That's exciting, and then they lost five to nothing. That's exciting. Both unders though, so like not really that exciting uh, either way. But yeah, like you, you look at the way this division's going to play out. There's just so much talent. It's just a slobber knocker. Boston struggled a little bit there against the Devils. Had to go um, both games, you know. Uh, extra time a little bit of ot a little bit of shootout action boston getting one the devils getting one on their own so anyone could really win any game in this at any given day but can the sabers do it right now against a flyers team tonight Dwayne? that has absolutely had their number um the last four games i'll read them off to you six two flyers five two flyers six one flyers three one flyers they have been dominating the sabers of late Dwayne with the last one coming March 7th. So (laughs) looking at the flyers right now, they are all over the place, all over the ice scoring goals. They really caused a lot of trouble for that Pittsburgh Penguins team. And you can see why they're one of the teams right now that a lot of people are sneakily picking um, as a Stanley cup, you know, contender, a real favorite up there. Now I got them um, in a er, in some futures too, to win the cup. Uh, to win the division as well. Joel Farabee starting to come along too for them at just 20 years old. They have a ton of depth on that team. Obviously, Claude Giroux still playing very well. Jacob Voracek still doing his damn thing, even with all those weasels out there. It doesn't matter. So, Dwayne, where's your confidence level heading into this one against the Flyers? One of the one of these one of the common denominators in those scores you just gave me is the low scoring of Buffalo. No, they didn't have the firepower to get it done after their first line last season. Now that's a different story. We have two legitimate top six line groups. I'm not sure. I know Sammy, uh, Sammy Reinhardt's questionable to play today. Um, you know, with the injury is to stay in last game. So we'll see what happens there. Um, it's just, you, you, you have to be able to keep up with, with scoring with them um, while at the same time, keeping pucks out of your own net. But like we said before, um, we're not in a situation in this division where we have to be put sole sole focus on the analytics side of the game and having to, I mean, I, analytics are important, but when, when, when you need to score in a division as high scoring as this one is um, I think that's where your focus should be. And you should be, your focus should be putting your players in the best position to score and your best players in the best position to score, not worrying about trying to get Casey Middlestack going on the first line or Tage Thompson. Like I know Kanzi is big on Tage and he loved what he saw from him, uh, but you know what I mean? He overhandles the puck. He's doing the same things he, were, he was doing last season you, 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 I'm sorry, dude. You're not Patrick Kane in tight spaces. You have great mm-hmm. hands, but on that top line, you're there for two things to protect Jack and Hall, to get pucks out of corners to get them, get them to those guys. And you want to bury passes from Jack. That's what your job is. You're not, you're, you're not, a, you're not supposed to be go to the net. You're six, six, six. Like that's why that. Sam, that's why Sam Reinhardt was so successful on the line. Cause he knew his role. He wasn't flashy. He knew what he had to do to be successful on that line. Um, and you would hope that's that's what uh, Tage Thompson would have done. Obviously, that's not what happened in these first two games. So with that being said, um, I'm hoping that Sam can play so we could put Casey back up in the back up in a suite. Um, but if that's the case, it looks like that's what we're getting. Our top on our top pairing is Casey Middlestat pa- uh, paired with uh, 
uh, Jack Eichel and uh, Taylor Hall uh, on the left side. So um, I, I don't know. I think offensively we can keep up with them, but they have a stud and, and Carter Hart. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And Carter Hart gets to start tonight. Brian yep. Elliott will go tomorrow, I believe. That's a, good, that's a good, that's a very good one-two punch in Philadelphia too. Brian Elliott is still a very good goaltender. Um, but with all that being said, 0-5 on your power play is unacceptable especially with the top the, the two units we have. You have to be able to capitalize when you have that many. It, three opportunities in the first period, and you went 0 for 3, and then 0 for 5 on the game. We can seriously we, – we seriously can't just not capitalize on these opportunities, especially against especially against a goalie like Carter Hart. Oh, exactly. Like, when you look at this Flyers team, too, they're going to continue to come at you all game long. Uh, yes, Sean Couturier is out right now. So, um, I mean, that's one thing you don't have to worry about. But like I said, when you're getting the play that they're getting from some of these young guys, like Joel Farabee stepping into the mix more, Konechny's playing very well for them right now. Um, and then you're still getting it, too, from the veterans uh, that they've had for so such a long time with Claude Giroux. Um, JVR is still there, not looking – uh, too great, but it's still not that bad. I mean, their you know their bottom lines. You know, you got Lawton down there, um, and and their defense is very good too. With some younger guys who are going to be you know making big names for themselves, like Travis Sanheim, Ivan Provorov, uh, Eric Gustafson's another name too. A lot of guys overlook, but does a great job in his role usually. Um, it's going to be. <laughs> A very, very tough task for the Sabres to get their first win against Philadelphia. You got Gritty there, who's been going absolutely wild during these games, trying out uh, as Ratatouille on Broadway. Cats, I don't know if you got any opinions on that. You might know a little something about some New York City rats, you know? I mean, we're going back to the Sabres here. I got Victor Olsen slotted on my left wing here on Fantasy. I want to see Victor Olsen tear it up for you guys this season i mean <laughs> where, where is he in the lineup for uh for today right now he's in the second line second with line. uh stall and uh cousins right stall and cousins okay that, so. that sounds like a very promising spot right there for i like Olsen. i mean he had he had great stats last year i'm looking at it 19 goals uh 22 assists and i think he went minus two or three during the whole season or i think he played maybe less than 60 games i know he got injured right correct correct uh, yeah. any, 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 the uh, off subject, anyone see Tim Stutzlow's first NHL goal? Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. When oh Jack Campbell God. was like, uh, he was like applauding him, right? Reinhardt yeah. likely, Reinhardt is likely a goal, a go because Casey Middlestad did do an extra hours, uh, intense skate session after skates this Good morning, news. reported from Lance Laskowski. So get back up in the press box, you plug, <laughs> you porky little plug. But speaking, of, speaking of rats. The Philadelphia Flyers are full of rats, or maybe just more full of pigeons than rats. Um, but I, I, I think you guys should at least split the games with them back to backs. There's going to be tired players there. I hope so, man. I uh... speaking speaking of uh, yeah, sitting some guys down. Brandon Montour, I think you you might need to take a seat up there, bud. Let's get Matt yeah, Irwin out there. Irwin, yeah, like I mean, especially after that first game, I forget uh, on the first goal of the season for Washington. Um, leaving uh, Backstrom alone in front of the net. He had the opportunity to step up into the play 
he, he, like put an arm on him, put a stick on him, did nothing. He just was sitting on his heels, just backing into the play. You're in the NHL, bro. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't let the play come to you in that position. You don't give him that much space. You don't, you, you, you just don't. Was that Ovechkin too, by the way? Think so. Yeah. Think, like, yeah. You yeah, you don't give Ovechkin that type of space in, that close in you, that, that that deep in your zone. You step up on him. You have to. I get it's Alexander Ovechkin, but put a body on him. Just do something. Because if you would have at least done that, that puck doesn't make it over to Backstrom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so you have to do those things. And he's not right now. He was uh, advertised as like a puck-moving defenseman. All these people are like, oh, everyone was excited. He was going to be good. I was like, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll wait and see on that one, buddy. Uh, we've had a lot of trades blow up in our faces. Um, not that this one's really blowing up in our face, but it's not really working out very well. Not that we first gave up a ton, pick. but first round pick it's stuck. It cost for that guy. Love to see it. You love to see it. First round picks wasted on trash. Yep. yep. That's essentially, essentially what he is at this point. He's been a pylon that pairing with Rasmus Dahlin is not working at all. Rasmus posting some of the worst numbers he's posted in his career. Um, analytically his, his, when he's out on the ice, they're getting dominated at five V five. And surprisingly Rasmus Ristolainen has been the opposite in a lot of those moments. Uh, Dwayne, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but hopefully we can get both these Rasmuses to balance out a little bit. The Rasmi, Rasmuses, Rasmusy. I don't know. The Rasmi. (laughs) Whatever, whatever we want to call them together, but hopefully we can balance it out a little bit here and, and get Darlene really figuring things out, especially, you know, he's at this point in his career where he should really, really be taking a big step forward and proving himself to be a generational defenseman, um, a real stalwart back there. And he came in, you know, bigger. People are saying, you know, maybe that's why he's not getting around as well. Yeah, maybe. But like maybe it's that paired with not at the same, you know, offseason. A lot of these guys were off the ice, um, not doing as much and the extended um, off time for the Sabres as opposed to some of these other teams who are in the bubble. I think they get a little bit of a, a, an advantage in this situation, if you will, um, because they they were playing still. You know what I mean? They had less time off to, um, although you, you want some of that to heal up and whatever, but as long as teams got enough time to heal, it, it kind of cancels out, and it's, it's kind of a negative for the Sabres and those other teams that missed the bubble, Dwayne. Yeah, um... <laughs> Just again, going forward here, um, you know, I guess taking, I guess that the, anything positive that we uh, could take from those first two games is definitely that offensively, it just seems that they're going to be a more dangerous team. Even, even, even though we ran into a hot goalie there in that, in that second game and, you know, we, we weren't able to, you know, we weren't able to score in the second game. The first, if anything, the first game proven is that this team is capable of uh, producing more offensively than last year. You, you can't deny that, especially, I mean, I'd like to see more out of Eric Stahl. Yeah. Definitely like more out of Eric Stahl. Um, Struggled on that one turnover too, right? Yeah. You know, he gets that puck. This is a play where as a veteran, you know that someone's going to be pinching down on you on the, on the four check. You have to number one, either just slam that puck right up the boards you know, play it off the glass, whatever you got to do, just get it out of the zone. Or number two, when you're tracking back like that and you realize the breakout's coming, what do you got to do? You got to power skate it out. You got to get that hard carve and you got to round it into that corner and get up the boards and get yourself a little bit of space because you know those guys are going to be coming. 
and against a team like Washington, who has had a lot of success over the past few years, these guys know what they're doing. They're going to take advantage of those mistakes. And you try win. to get a, you try to get a little bit too fancy there when you have other guys around you who aren't necessarily, you know, used <laughs> used to these plays right now, especially with Stahl and not having the same chemistry with these guys. I think, you know, that was just a recipe for disaster and you need Stahl not to be doing those things as, as a guy you bring in supposed to be a, a veteran leader for a second line here. And, and you know what to tie is that that also goes hand in hand with the shortened training camp, because that's kind of where you learn that chemistry. That's where you kind of build that camaraderie with your line mates. You get and some tendencies we, and stuff we, like we, that. Exactly. You know, you, you, especially when you have as many new faces come to this lineup as we do um, it, it's difficult to really uh, grasp that or, um, Learn, like you said, learn those tendencies with less than two weeks together for the first time as a team. Um, so, I mean, I did expect that to be kind of an issue coming in, but like, I didn't like, again, I, I, I think the, the amount of, the, the amount of added skill on this team would have been more prevalent than it actually has. I know it kind of contradicts what I just said, but um, <laughs> it, it's, you know, I guess in times of, in, 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 uh, in terms of special teams, like you, you could definitely see it from a special teams perspective that the chemistry is not there. And, you know, you know how often in a training camp teams work on power play and penalty kill, like that's, that, that's like half the practice when you don't have all that time together to work on those things. It's, it's, it's going to be a process to, uh, to, to, to build that chemistry, to build that camaraderie and learn those tendencies where certain players are going to be at all times. And, you know, that's how, that's why Jack and Sam are so good together because they just know where each other are at all times. Um, even that went that first year with Skinner. I mean, they had a whole training camp together to, to learn those things. And we have, we, we haven't had that benefit here in Buffalo with a, with a full training camp with all these new faces. I think the chemistry between Hall and uh, Eichel will be there. It's just a matter of who's going to play on that right side. Is it going to be just constantly someone in and out on that right side? I've, I've been a huge advocate. I don't care if it's on his off wing or not. You put Jeff Skinner there, put Jeff mm-hmm. Skinner there because he's not afraid to go to the front of the net. He's not afraid to go into the dirty areas. He's always been that guy. Why not? Just make him that guy. Um, and then you drop Sam on. I think you drop Sam down to your third line, because if the analytics people are all correct, he can drive his own line. And why not just have him do it from the third line? You know, give him give him uh, Eakin as his center and throw whoever you want on the left side. Uh, just I, I just don't understand the the thinking behind Jeff Skinner on the fourth line. It's just yeah, wild. You're paying him $9 million to do what to score goals. Play nine but before we end this one, we're going to, we're going to do some predictions here. Cats, what do you see happening tonight for you? Or this early evening? I'm, I'm like tonight, tonight's five o'clock game, uh, early evening game. You got it. That matinee versus the Bruins. The Bruins are always a tough matchup. Uh, I, for the Islanders to play. And I think the biggest issue coming into tonight's game is the goaltending with Semyon Volomov most likely not starting. Like, do you start Schneider or do you let Ilya Sorokin get another bounce back? Hopefully the team plays a lot better in front of them. Also, another thing is that third line. Komarov, Pajot, Bellows, Komarov, Pajot, Johnston, or Bellows, Pajot, Wallstrom. Let's get these young guys in there. I want to see more Kiefer Bellows. I want to see more Oliver Wallstrom. I want to see these young guys get the minutes that they deserve. Why are we still like the only reason why Komarov is still playing is the amount of money this guy is getting. Otherwise to the moon with you, Leo, thanks for so much for your intangibles, but 
we don't need you in the lineup anymore. Other than that, I don't think the Islanders are making any more changes going into this game. We're going to hopefully get a decision on goaltending. I would like to see Sorokin, but I wouldn't be mad about Schneider. And I definitely would not mind Varlamov as he is our 1A goaltender. But going into the game, I think we see our first overtime game for the Islanders, and it's going to be a close one. I'm definitely going to say 2-3, to three, maybe a 2-1 to one game. And hopefully the boys get at least one point out of this game. They did look so, so, so flat against the Rangers. But the Islanders are super responsive to bad games under Barry Trotz. And do you sit Cal Clutterbuck for going high on Varlamov in warmups? Barry Trotz sat Ovechkin in 2015, sat his captain. I would not put it past me that Barry Trotz sits Cal, but I'm not the one that makes those decisions. Let's go Islanders. Tell you, tell you right now, that's number one rule of warmups, man. You don't go above the waist in warmups. You work the gloves, you work the blocker, you get the, you get the pads, you let the goalie get a feel for the puck. You don't go above the waist. It's a, it's a rule. It's a rule of thumb in, in hockey. I, I agree with you. And I'm sure Cal, didn't have intentions of going high. Maybe it's just how the puck left the stick, how he would, whatever. But yeah, you should be paying a little more attention to detail and how you're shooting the puck and warmups. Was not fair to Sorokin 20 minutes before the game. Hey, bud, let's go. It's it's time. I, I, do, I, I do think it would be criminal of us not to bring up the fact that this past week, though, on the instigators that Darren Drager did drop some news on Sabres Twitter that, um, you know, after the second loss to Washington that it's he, he and I think this has to wait to it because it's not like, you know, these insiders are reporting other teams. I mean, I'm sure everybody's calling on them, but he w- made a point of it to go out and say, yes, Kevin Adams has called on both Pierre-Luc Dubois and Alexander Barkov in Florida. Um, and just a couple of recent tweets from Greg Wyshynski out of ESPN um, on the situation. Pierre-Luc Dubois of the Blue Jackets on whether his trade request is weighing on him this season. I have one job and it's to play hockey and help the team. The only thing I control right now is how I play and I can't control anything else. And then immediately after, John Tortorella, when asked if he benched Pierre-Luc Dubois during the Blue Jackets wing, he responds, and in, t- in classic Tortorella fashion, You'll know when I bench someone, don't try and manifest something as far as this benching. That's not there. So, I mean, things are very rocky in Columbus right now with this situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois. And he did, I believe before the season did sign like a three-year bridge deal, something Mm -hmm. along those lines. Uh, I think that was done with the intent of still trading him. Um, So I, I, with that trade drop, with those rumors dropping, not rumors, I'm assuming it's true that if he's going to come out as far as report it, that holds some weight to it. Um, I've, I've been a huge advocate of trying, if you do make a deal at uh, Columbus, to get one of those two goalies back, Corpus Allo or Elvis Merlinkus, because both the guys are competitors. They both want to play. And honestly, I think they're both better than Olmark, which right now we definitely need a better one-two combination here in Buffalo. Carter Hutton is not going to cut it the whole season. Yeah, I think you'd have to at least send back a little bit of money, number one, to take on PLD. You're going to have to send some picks. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm an, I'm all for it. Maybe send Jack Quinn, get PLD, get me a goalie, send someone else over there. Um, do what you got to do, make it happen because something needs to keep happening. You need to keep shaking things up because it is not working and we do not want to continue to have these seasons where it's over before it even gets started. They talked about, well, we want meaningful games in March. We've been talking about that. And we are like, Oh, well, the season's going to start late. We'll definitely have meaningful games in March. I don't know if we're going to have meaningful games in March, if they're going to continue to play the way they're playing, especially in the division where you have to play all these teams eight times a piece. 
are you going to end up over 500 against any of them? Uh, you got a tough time convincing me of that right now. I think things are not looking good and they're going to look even worse if you can't get a win here. How does Jack react when you're 0-3 and he's staring down another season without the playoffs? I think you have to come out and you have to you have to do something. Put the pressure on the Flyers real early. Get shots on Carter Hart. Cause a lot of traffic out in front. I think that'll help you if you're if you're able to get him off of his game. And I just I still don't see them winning. I got the Flyers winning four to two. I'm gonna be Mr. Optimistic Sabres fan, and I'm gonna think that another another few days of practice together maybe have maybe has done something in this lineup. And with Sam, you know, probably being reported to play, I imagine that shakes up lines a little bit from what we saw yesterday. I would hope at least. I'm gonna predict a four to two Sabres victory tonight. I mean, I would love it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I would. We would all love it. We need it. It's um, like when Howard picks the Bills on WGR. Dwayne picks the Sabres. Dwayne picks the Sabres. Well, we're going 54 and two folks. You heard it here first. Shout out to Dwayne for that prediction. (laughs) Like, I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting tonight to see what happens. Hopefully they can figure things out. Uh, Cats, give me, Oh, we got to do one more thing. We got to debut our new segment real quick, folks. Do we, or don't we, we're here with Dewey Crocs. So we're going to ask a few questions here. Do we believe in it or don't we believe in it? Do we believe the Bruins are going to figure things out this season and make it to the playoffs or has their age finally caught up to them and it's finally a rebuilding time? Do we start it off? I can already hear Marissa yelling at me in the background, but I know she doesn't have that many expect- expectations for the Bruins, but yeah, I, 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 I think they had their number with that core for so long and they had their opportunities and, now with no, no, no Zidano, no Krug, just a much younger team. They went with a younger direction, keeping um, Charlie McAvoy on the on the D line there. Um, and like I said, this East Division is murderous row. You're going to see a couple of really good teams not make the playoffs this year. It could be any any of these teams, honestly. And looking from the outside in right now, I don't think the Bruins will be that top four team. Wayne, what do you got? Because I don't think I don't think they're figuring it out either. I think they're out of the playoffs. I think that's one of the teams that are going to be outside looking in come uh, playoff time. Um, again, those are my teams that you, the Buffalo expects to be in that in that position to play, play in the playoffs in the postseason. It's teams like Boston, teams like Washington, Jersey, and like again, I guess people think the Rangers. I don't, I don't know. That's um, there's you know. We need more than more than a week's worth of play to really make the decision on them. They have a, such a young and fast, exciting team. Uh, young goaltenders, two really good young goaltenders. Um, so we'll see what's in store for the Rangers. But those three for sure, the Devils, the Capitals, and the Bruins, I really just don't think they have what it takes to really make a postseason run here. All right. Do we or don't we believe that the Lightning are still the team to beat? You are the man until you're beaten. Dwayne, what do you got? Yeah, it sucks not having Kucher off there. That's for sure. Um, you still got you know world class goaltender Vasilevsky, Steven Stamkos is at 100. percent Braden Point's still there. Um, Victor Hedman, the pure leader of that that, that team on the back on the blue line, uh, still playing like he's in his prime. If he probably still is, he probably is in his prime. 
you know, these are the guy that we look at. We look at our, our suite here in Rasmus Dahlin. We hope, you know, if he ends up here, here, here's a question with the amount of hype that came out around Rasmus Dahlin. If he ends up having the career that Victor Hedman has, I mean, that includes a cup. Are we happy? Yes. Or do we want, do we want bigger than Hedman? Do we want no, better? Give than it to me. That's fine. You want Hedman? Okay. Cause I was thinking, I was thinking, cause he's the most hyped up defenseman. I think probably since Lindstrom. Mm-hmm. I mean, Definitely honestly, was. So, and people are getting on Darlene's case too. Um, you know, that second game, I'm not really worried about it. The kid just turned 20 years old. Uh, he's got to eat, you know, he's, he just put on 16 pounds of muscle and he's, he's still learning how to use it out there. So uh, with that being said, I'm not too worried about him, but yeah, I think, I think Tampa is the team to beat and uh, they're just so well built top to bottom, just like Colorado. They're the blueprint for, you know, how you want to build a hockey team. Yep. Do we or don't Sorelli. we? Do we? I forgot about Sorelli. Sorelli's there too. Like you forget, you, I just forgot about that guy. I mean, don't don't forget um, about Pat Maroon, and you just mentioned yep. Anthony Sorelli. Um, and there's one like Blake Coleman. They kept adding these pieces, mm-hmm. and these guys are taking pay cuts. What, what Patrick Maroon took a huge pay cut to stay in sunny Florida and winning on the cup. Yes, you are the champion until beaten. And honestly, good for the Islanders for losing to the Lightning in the ECS. They ended up winning the cup. We lost to the best team. It is what it is. You are still the man until proven otherwise. And yes, the Tampa Bay Lightning should be favorites again to not only win that division, whatever the, what just the central division, I guess, whatever they're called, expect them to win that division and expect them to go deep. Tyler Johnson was on waivers last week. He's a, he's a solid third line center. A solid undrafted third line center too. Yeah. Like it's insanity, man. You look, you look at the guys that have come through, through Tampa Bay that have like had like, Okay, just recently signed here in player development, Dan Girardi, undrafted player, mm-hmm. long as shit career, came through Tampa, like and the Rangers, I believe, Tampa and, and uh, the Rangers, correct? Yeah, like mm-hmm. just just the, the amount of talent that's come through that organization, man, like that's what we should be looking at, you know, teams like them in Colorado, how how to build a hockey team, and, right? You know, and they, I mean, sore subject here. They added Zach Bogosian. Why is that a sore subject? Why? That's Toronto. But, yeah, that's not he's in Toronto now. He's in oh. Toronto, buddy. Well, he was, but he won the cup yeah. in Tampa, yeah? yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he was scratched for half of his titles. I mean, it's not like, not like he was a huge reason why Tampa Bay won yeah. the cup. I mean, he, still, I still he contributed. Blasted. I know he had a couple of points. Who did he blast in the nuts his first game, Ty? He blasted oh. somebody in the in, in the crowd in the in the sack. I forgot who it was. It was ruined ruined any chance guys. they ever had. Yeah. <laughs> That was awful. But all right, one more before we get off here. Do we or don't we believe that McDavid or Dreisaitl will be the winner of the Art Ross Trophy this year? Do we? What do you got? Huge Connor McDavid fan this year. I mean, the two, the, the, the two of them. They're tied to the league with real five, I believe. Why does it have to be them? Because I, I think it's them versus the field. That's a, do do you believe it's them or are you taking the field? I think they're in the conversation again, yeah, but I don't think it has to be them. All right, well, I believe it is pretty much. I think I they're going to run away. I think that's the easiest division uh, to score. I don't trust that Canadian division all that much. I think that the Oilers are going to be able to fuck around and run it up. I mean, it it it, it is different. You can see you're playing the same same teams eight times, so it is a little. I guess this this year, no, I guess it is. But I mean, look at guys like Austin Matthews. I still look at Jack Eichel. You know, I, I really, I'm really convinced the second Jack Eichel and Taylor Hall make things quick on this line, it is going to be absolutely electric to watch because 
those two are going to be two. Honest to God, in this division, I think they're going to be the most unstoppable duo. Duo if they can get things to work, like that. That first power play unit is it's probably honestly the going to be the best in this division. If again, them two can get it to work. All right, I'll let me uh, smoke what you're smoking, take what you're taking, whatever it is. Give me some I, I, of that. I, think, I need I, some confidence in this I team drank, right now. I drank before I came on Crossing Sword. I drank the newest drop from Froth. It was delicious, guys. Absolutely, some mango. Oh, you know Froth. I'm a Froth guy. Yeah, orange mango block. It was phenomenal. So I'm on cloud nine right now. So you know, shout out to those guys at Froth and what they do, man, because they're absolute beauty, huge tissues, absolute wagons. Oh, like if you're trying to get something to watch the game, to wash down the pain of these games, like there's nothing better oh, than Froth, to be honest. Like, I, I, you don't even got to get me started. Every flavor, like uh, their IPAs are phenomenal too. But that'll wrap it up, up for lid. us. Picked up a lid while I was <laughs> oh, there. Oh, my God. That guy. He's a fanboy now. Up. He's hooked. This is what happens with all my friends. I showed them all Froth, and now they're all addicted, and they all blame me. They're like, I'm drinking so much now because of you, Ty. And I'm like, well, they're at least fucking goddamn beer smoothies, so it's not the worst thing. Yeah. Travis and Connor over there over at uh, Froth, man, they treated me like I was family. I'm unbelievable guys. Absolute wagon. So if you get a chance to get down there, absolutely do it. Uh, you know, they're, like I said, they're two newest uh, flavor drops. The one I had uh, before the show was the, or I think it was the orange mango fluff. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Like I'm about to literally drive. I think I might drive there right now to go pick some up. Six to midnight because, in a hurry, man. Yeah. I like I'm, I'm too amped up, but all right. That'll wrap it up for us on crossing swords folks from Dewey down across the aisle. You're Dwayne freaking out all the way in Tonawanda. You can hear him down in Salamanca and myself, Ty B let's go savers.